Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. I thought you'd be back by 11. I said I'd be back later. I assumed you'd be back later. If you came back at all, you'd be back later. Well, I'm back. Okay. Is this rubble? It was just a little workout. Just stay loose. You know how I feel about that, Bob. Darn you, we can't blow cover again. The building was coming down anyway. What? You knocked down a building? It was on fire, structurally unsound. It was coming down anyway. Tell me you haven't been listening to the police scanner again. Look, I performed a public service. You act like that's a bad thing. It is a bad thing, Bob. Uprooting our family again so you can relive the glory days is a very bad thing. Reliving the glory days is better than acting like they didn't happen. Yes! They happened. But this, our family, is what's happening now, Bob. And you are missing this. I can't believe you don't want to go to your own son's graduation. It's not a graduation. He is moving from the fourth grade to the fifth grade. It's a ceremony. It's psychotic. They keep creating new ways to celebrate mediocrity. But if someone is genuinely exceptional, then This is not about you, Bob. This is about Dash. You want to do something for Dash? Then let him actually compete. Let him go out for sports. I will not be made the enemy here. You know why we can't do that. Because it'd be great. This is not about you! All right, Dash. I know you're listening. Come on out. Bye. You too, young Good morning, everyone. Amen. Tell the person next to you, it's not about you. Tell them one more time. It's not about you. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming here this morning because today I want to share about this what God has done in my life and how we live a life constantly making it about us. Amen? And so last time I spoke here, I, was, I spoke a little bit uh, about what God had brought me through. But before I even get to that, would you please stand up as we read the Word of God today in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And I love to read the Amplified Version. So this is, this is uh, my, one of the versions that I read. <clears throat> Here's what it says. It says, Blessed, gratefully, praised, and adored be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts and encourages us in every trouble so that we will be able to comfort and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble with the comfort which God, which, which we ourselves are comforted by God. You may be seated. The last time I, I spoke here, I, I was able to share with you what God had done in my life concerning uh, fear, anxiety, and, and depression. And that when, when, God, when I went through a very dark moment in my life, and I was able to share how God brought me out of that. So what I want to do, and we're talking about at the movies, I want to talk about the prequel. What led me into that very thing in my life. Amen? 
because it's all, it's all good. I love it when God takes us out of our, when God takes us out of our, our situations, when we get breakthrough and whatnot. But one of the things we, we miss as believers in Christ, we, we don't realize many times that God wants us to never forget what brought us into that situation. Amen. So we don't, we don't want to miss that. God wants us to remember what brought you into that. So today I want to talk about some of the areas that brought me into that whole season, what I went through, the whole fear and anxiety and depression and darkness. Okay. And saying, get this, being saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm a credentialed minister of the Assemblies of God. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a leader. I'm all these things. I have all these titles and all these accolades and things I've accomplished in my life. But yet here I was dealing with fear, anxiety, and depression in my life. And I couldn't understand what was going on. Why was I dealing with all this? And, 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 and later, as God began to be, begin to really work in my life and, and bring me out of that situation in my life, here's what God began to show me. He goes, Israel, this is what you were going through. And the reason why you were going through this is because you, Israel, you consistently make everything about you. Come on, church. We make everything, he goes, Israel, you make everything about you all the time. And people in church, we today call that pride. Yeah, we call that pride. I remember when, when um, my firstborn, Ariana, was, uh, she was barely a year old. Uh, she was not feeling well one night. And, um, and so my wife and I got in, into a, a heated discussion. Amen. <laughs> And so, <laughs> amen, politically correct. And so we got into a little heated discussion. And, I, and here's what she said to me. After we, I said what I thought, what I said, what I said, and that what I said stands firm. And that's it because I'm the man of the house. And what I say, it's, 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 it's Bible. Amen. <laughs> here's what she said to me. She said, Israel, you're the most selfish, selfish person I ever knew. And everything I just said before that just went right out. Because when she said those words to me, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And, and, it, and it weighed on me that I really, I, I went to bed really pondering those words for her to say that to me. Because when she said it, because it, it, it was truth. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Because guess what? I was a selfish person. And sometimes even to this day, we all still have levels of selfishness. And so again, if it wasn't convenient for me, I wouldn't do it. It has to be convenient for me to do it. If I don't like it, I, don't, I won't do it. If it takes me out of my comfort zone, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to go near that, okay? And so we call that protecting ourselves, but what God calls that many times is pride. Wow, God calls that pride many times. We all deal with levels of pride. Now, I shared this in the first service. My, my mother, uh, she, is the, she, is the, my, um, she takes care of my dad. She's a 24-hour caretaker for my dad because now he's, he's dealing with dementia. And so she watches him all day long. And she's with him. And so sometimes they have appointments in, in, in Cleveland Clinic in the main campus. And, and uh, she doesn't like to drive highway. She doesn't drive highway at all. By all means, she doesn't, she, does, she doesn't drive highway. And so, and so many times she'll ask us to take her and I'll, t and I'll help her and take, and, and take her out there, you know, but I'll have conversations with her and I, and cause I want to understand, I was like, Hey, we, you know, we really got to start overcoming that fear of driving in the highway. And she's really stuck on, I'm good. No, let's, let's keep it the way we are and what now. And so many people can look at it as me protecting myself. But what I'm trying to get to understand is no, sometimes those are levels of pride. Okay, and I'm trying to put my mother down, but what I'm saying is, is that we all fall into this. 
levels of pride that we have and we don't realize that we're dealing with. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you uh, struggle with pride? Raise your hand. You can lower your hand. If you didn't raise your hand, you're probably the one. <laughs> Amen. Let that sink in for a second there. Here's the biblical meaning of pride. Self-worship, self-preservation at all costs. And people-pleasing is the direct result of pride. People-pleasing is the direct result of pride. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Here, so what I want to do today, I want to talk about several ways how we are, or may not even know it, but we're, we may be struggling with pride. And there's so many ways, but here's some I want to touch on today. Hopefully, this is a blessing to you. Number one, one of the main reasons how we deal with pride is this. We are people-pleasers. We become people pleasers. Amen. Let me tell you, if there was a people pleaser diploma, I got it. I was constantly wanting always to please people. I, want, I was a people pleaser. And I didn't know that there was, this was a direct result of pride. You may ask, how is this a direct result of pride? Well, here is a way. Because of a difficult or traumatic past experience, such as abuse, can lead people to become more agreeable in order to feel safe and secure. I want you to like me, so I will make you happy, which by default, we make it about ourselves. In other words, I need to make you happy so I can be happy. Yeah. Amen? And so that's what God was trying to show me. He was like, Israel, you're dealing with pride because you constantly make it, you turn it back all around about you. In my home, and this is something I, I shared the last time I spoke, one of the things I, I felt that I needed to have peace in my home, the only, one of the ways I wanted to have peace was I wanted to make sure everybody was good. If somebody had a problem in my home, I had to fix it. We had to make sure that was good. I had to make sure everything was in order. There was nothing broken. Everything was great. That was the only way I can sit down and watch TV and feel like I was being at peace. Okay, and so I didn't realize what God was telling me. He's like, no, Israel, that's your way of controlling your situation, and that's what we call pride. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And so God began to deal with me about that. He's like, Israel, you constantly make it about you. You want to please people so you can be happy. Not them. Not them. Here's what Ephesians 6.6 6 says. Says not in, the, not in the way of eye serving, working only when someone is watching you and only to please men, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Amen. And what God is saying is we need to take our focus of pleasing men and pleasing people in position, but pleasing God first. Putting him first in every situation. I know that is uncomfortable for many of us because it is so easy because if there's a person in front of us, especially even our bosses or people of authority or our loved ones. And what God is saying is you can never please them to the degree you want to until you put me first. I mean, you'll never know what it is to really please them and, and, and be happy with them until you, until you and I are in the right place. Amen. And that's what God began to show me. Did you know that this has to do with well, us wanting to control everything? This has to do with some, a mix, it's, it's a mixture with levels even, of even a manipulation. Follow me here now. Because one of the ways I like to, when I would want to please people, I would get myself in, in, in situations and I would begin to manipulate things around so that way the end result always came back to me being happy. Come on church, who am I talking to? These are levels of pride. 
And God began to show me, he's like, you got to stop doing that. Like you keep putting your hands in situations. You keep manipulating situations because you want to have the outcome you want to have. He's like, that's, that's pride, Israel. You got to let that go. And that's one of the things that, that, I, that I dealt with. Get another thing. I've, we volunteer for everything. <laughs> we volunteer for everything. One of the, when I was in my home church at one time, I was, at, at one time, I was in six different ministries. Married, full-time job, and everything. Because I didn't know how to say no. Because I felt that was the way in order for me to feel good. And leaders, if you're a leader and volunteer, I want to tell you right now, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. I would encourage you many times. You must, some of you have to say no. Because what we do is we, we think we're pleasing God and we're making God happy. And God many times says, no, you're making yourself happy. It's all about you. We're making it about us constantly. Okay? And that's what we do. We feel threatened by others who do not want to be our friend. Well, how come so-and-so doesn't want to be my friend? Well, so I don't understand why they don't like me. I didn't do nothing to them. I don't understand what's going on. So what we do is we become friends with the friends that they're friends, so we become friends with them, so they can tell them we're good friends, we can be friends with them. I mean, talk about time. You see how we make it about ourselves? I just don't understand why she don't like me. And then we go on social media. And, and, and so we, we, we ruminate this in our minds and we begin to manipulate situations because we want to make sure that that person has to like me because I don't understand. And we begin to manipulate situations and get involved in different things and, do, and, and begin to, and, and phone calls and all these things and emails and texts and all. We don't get it. Why? Because we want to make it about ourselves constantly. We want to make it about ourselves constantly. And that was something that I struggled with very much. And I couldn't understand why people didn't like me. I, could, I was like, God, I don't know. I didn't do nothing to him. I, you know, it's something I struggled with very much. And God began to tell me, he was like, Israel, you're just going to have to get on to life that a lot of people will not like you. You're just going to have to keep on moving. So church, I'm telling you if, you, if you struggle with that today, I want you to know, I want to encourage you, get up and keep moving. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Not everyone's going to like you. And that's okay. Not everyone like Jesus. Amen? So let's keep on moving. And so God's desire is that our desire is to please him first and foremost. It, is, it, sounds, it sounds so basic. It sounds so simple. Something we've heard constantly over time, over time, over time. And so many preachings and thousands of sermons. We hear this, that we put God first, we put God first, we put God first. But it's so funny how God keeps talking about it. God keeps reminding us to put him first in everything that we do. And my question to you is, do we put him first in every area of our lives, or do we have him first for the selective few that we want him to take care of, but the other stuff we're in control of? I mean, who am I talking to? I know I'm talking to myself too. Amen? Amen. And that's called, those, those are levels of pride without really realizing it, because we think we know what we're doing. Amen? We think we know what we're doing. Number two. Assuming you already know something when someone is teaching. <laughs> Assuming you already know something when someone is teaching. Amen. It is very difficult to pour or invest into someone who thinks they know it all. Very. If you're not, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a girls varsity basketball coach. And one of the things I tell the girls is this. If you're not coachable, you, you can't be on this team. You got to be coachable. 
Because if you, if you have no room for anything else, then, then you, there's nothing else to show you. Amen? It is very difficult to pour and invest into someone who thinks they know it all. Get this. I've been around leaders and pastors who could only receive constructive criticism or, or an encouragement from someone from a higher position. And, and, and I was like, God, why, why do you allow me to see this? I don't understand. Because God would give me a word of encouragement to give to someone who's in position. And, and I would want to go share something with them. And they were like, oh, thank you. And they would just move on. And that was it. And they would just look at me like, you know, whatever. Go back to paying your tithes and see you next Sunday. You know? And, 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 and I would be like, man. And God was like, no, I want you to see this. Because what I want you to know is I want you to take a picture of what you see here. Because this is what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to act like that. But, I want, but be obedient to what I'm telling you. Okay? And there are people in position. We, sometimes we think we're so big and bad sometimes. And we think we know better than the other people. That when God leads somebody who is so humble, even a child can come to you and give you a word of encouragement. But we think because we're so above them, we're so prideful, we don't have to accept what they have to say. Because it has to come from somebody else higher than us. Amen. And that's pride, church. That is pride. And that's something that I struggle with many times also in my life. God says, no, that's not true. They also, they also do not feel they need, they, they don't need to be, they don't need to have to pour into even another person. I know all this. I know, I had all my accolades. I got all this, so I'm good. I've known, I've known, I know people, I, and this even hurts me to even say it, but I've known leaders and pastors who have no need for other, to pour into other people because they're okay with where they are. And I've always asked them, but what happens if you get sick or whatnot? Well, we're, God, we're going to be good. We're, we're fine. And all of a sudden, they're not there no more. There's nobody else to take over because we are so prideful that we don't want to pour into the next generation. We don't want to pour into the next generation. We are called to build up the next generation. I feel like jumping right now. We're, we're called to pour into the next generation. And many times we don't do that because we're so prideful of ourselves. And if they don't do it the way we want to, then we're, we're done pouring into them. But no, that's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to keep pouring into them. I had this one pastor that called me every single day. He was blowing up my beeper. <laughs> Just age myself there. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> every day, every day, every day, all day, blowing me up. And finally, I was like, dude, what's up, man? He's like, hey, how you doing? Just want to talk. <laughs> that was it. Every day. Well, here it is. He's a pastor now, and he wasn't a pastor at that time. But what he was trying to do would be led by the Holy Spirit to pour into my life. But because I was so prideful, I was like, I don't want to deal with it because he's a nobody. Yet now he's one of my best friends. Because God, because he let go of the pride, he began to be obedient to what God was telling him to do in my life. And he was pouring into me. There, you ever wonder why people come around you and, they, and they, they just want to be around you? Why don't you ask the Holy Spirit why they're even around you? Maybe God wants you to pour into them. And, be, and, and get this, and many times it's just for a season. It's not for a lifetime. It's just for a season sometimes. But there are other people that are there for a lifetime and some are not. Amen? Amen. Here, go to Proverbs 26.12. Here's what it says. It says, do you, see, do you see a man who is unteachable and wise in his own eyes and full of self-conceit? There is more hope for a fool than him. Oh, man. 
There's more hope for a fool than him. 1 Samuel 13, 9 and 11. Here's what it says. This is a story I want to share quickly here. So Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offerings, which was forbidden to do so. As soon as he finished offering the burnt offering, Samuel finally came. Saul went out to meet him and to welcome him. But Samuel said, what have you done? Now, if you read this story, you begin to realize what, Samuel was, was, what Saul was doing was something he should not have been in doing. King Saul thought he knew what he was doing, and he felt he could step into a calling that he was not anointed for. Okay? Why? Because he was prideful. So he was told to wait until Samuel got there to do the burnt offerings. But Samuel, apparently, according to Saul, took too long. So Saul took it upon himself. I'm going to say this again. Saul took it upon himself. To do the burnt offering. And when he was finished, Samuel showed up and said, bro, what you doing? You are stepping into something that you're not caught for. You're not anointed for this. Why? Because you're so prideful. And what I'm saying is that many times, a lot of us, we walk into areas of things that we're not anointed to do because we are impatient. We're walking, we're, we're into things that we're not anointed to do because we're, we, we become very impatient. You know, in ministry, it becomes very simple for me to, to volunteer for them and volunteer for them and volunteer for them because God has given me the gifting and the talent to do that. But what God is saying is, I didn't call you to go over there and I didn't call you to go over there. I called you to stay right here and serve coffee. When we transitioned out of our first church, I was, before I retransitioned out, I was the English pastor of a, of a Spanish church. And we had, we started an all-English ministry and they, they, uh, they, they uh, anointed me to be the, the English pastor of that ministry. And we were growing, what now, we were for three years, we were there. God said, it's time for you, we got to go. And so he transitioned us out, we, the church, you know, it was a great service, whatnot, and we left. We moved to a different church. When we went to a different church, you know, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm not going to be one of those people who sits around for six months. I want to be working for you. I want to be doing something for you. I, I don't want to sit here and grow a spiritually atrophy in my life. I want to be doing something for you. And God, and, and God says, go ahead, begin working. Yes. And here I went from one Sunday speaking sermons every single Sunday to the, ne the next one giving hot chocolate. The people walking through the doors. And I remember, I, 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 for, just for a quick minute, I was like, this is beneath me. And God says, no, it's not. He's like, because you're forgetting what it means to serve. You, you're too prideful. Let it go. And I, I had to let that go quickly. And I began to enjoy serving people, giving them coffee. And I was glad that they didn't, they didn't even know who I was, where I came from, whatnot. Because there was, but God had to work in my life to do that. People who think they know it all are also impatient. We become very impatient. God wants us to wait on him. It's not about you. God wants us to wait on him constantly every single day. You know what it is to wait? You know, it's, it's, it's not very easy. No, it's not. But God wants us to really wait on him. Here's number three. Never asking for help. I can do it myself. I can do it myself. 
I struggle with that many times also. I can do it myself. I have the ability. I can do it myself. I don't need any help. My wife tells me, she would tell me all the time, I would have a project that requires a lot of people to come help me, especially something very heavy. And so she would go, why don't you ask your friends to come help you? And, and, and I have a couple of friends here, but there will be many times where I, I didn't call anybody for certain situations. Amen. And so I would recruit my wife and my kids to come help me. <laughs> I was like, I got a tribe. I got my Israelites. We're going to do this. <laughs> Amen. We can do this. She's like, no, you need to call friends to come help you. And one of the things that God began to show me is like, Israel, you're dealing with pride again because you think you can do it all by yourself. You need to reach out to people. And what happens is many times when we're going through the most hardest times of our lives, for many of us, we use that to isolate ourselves instead of reaching out to people who can help us. Amen? Amen. And when I was going through my moments of, of fear, anxiety, and depression in a very dark place in my life, God had to really show me, you need to reach out to people. And I began to reach out to people, certain people, not everybody. There were certain people, he says, I want you to reach out only to these people. And I began to reach out. And guess what? I even went to Christian counseling. Come on, church. Yes. Because I was dealing with mental health also. I needed to see somebody who can help me figure out what was going on in my life. And God led me to this person, a Christian counselor, who began to deal with my life and point things out in my life, things that I was dealing with as a child that I had no idea, the things that I built up, defense mechanisms that, that along went with pride in my life. And I goes, I, I want you to, I want to work with you in that, in that. But I was never, but it took me to ask for help. We don't ask for help because sometimes they may appear weak, needy, or not intelligent. Amen? So sometimes we'll just deal with it and suffer with it for many years and not ask for help. When God says, if you just, if you can just get out of yourself and ask for help. Fear of rejection or fear of change or fear of losing control. It's one of the reasons why we become prideful. We don't want to lose control. We don't want to do that. Or fear of being a burden to other people. I don't want to bother them. I don't want to bother them. But yet, here it is. God says, no, you got to bother them. You got, you got to. You, 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 don't, you don't receive because you don't ask. Amen? Yeah. Like my children, there are things that they do, and, 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 they, they, and they say to me, well, this is what happened, or this is what happened. And I say to them, why didn't you tell me? I, we could have avoided this whole situation if you would have just told me that two days ago. Come on, who am I talking to, amen? And what I'm saying, God speaks to us that way too. It's not that he doesn't know, but God is saying, I'm waiting for you to tell me. If you would have told me, we could have worked on this already long ago, but you waited for years to go by. Now we got to start over. So we're going to go back to the beginning and start over. Amen? Why? Because we are too afraid to ask. We have, because we, we don't ask for help. When we ask God, he will lead you to people who will bless you and help you. I'm so thankful for people that God has led into my life to help me and bless me. And I don't look at position or titles when, they come, when God brings them. I look at, I look at their heart. And if, and if God brings them, the Holy Spirit guides me, then amen. amen. Give me that word. Amen? Number four. The need to consistently teach people things or you know better. Now, here's the difference between the other one. The other one is that you, you think you know better or whatnot, so you don't, you don't, you don't want to uh, pour into, into other people. But this one is you think you know better, so you got to let everybody know. Amen? You're, you know somebody like that? <laughs> don't raise your hands. 
I see people going like this. You got to let everybody know that you know. I got to let them know that I know. Here's what it says in Jonah chapter 4 verse 2. It says, And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still in, in my country? That this is why I ran to Tarshish. Because I knew that you were a gracious God and compassionate God, uh, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. And when sinners turn to you, you revoke the sentence of disaster against them. What does this story have to do with anything? Here's, what it has, here's Jonah. God's telling Jonah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go preach to a nation that needs me. Let them know if they don't turn from their wicked ways, I'm going to destroy them. But I want you to go over there and listen to what I'm saying. And Jonah goes, wait, 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 wait. Here's the thing, God. See, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know, God. You don't know them. You don't know what's going on. See, what's going to happen is I'm going to go. I'm going to preach. They're going to get saved. They're going to turn from you. And we're going to be right back in the boat. See, that's why I went to Tarshish. But see, you don't understand that part. See, you missed that out because I know better. Amen? And so I want to let you know that I know. Because apparently you missed that, that factor. Okay? And so what we do, part of our pride is we want people to know that we know. Constantly. Yeah. You know, when we're working on a project, like, yeah, but here's something you don't know. I got to let you know because, we, you know, this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And that's going to happen. And that's going to happen. And that's going to happen. It's like, yo, what's up, man? I mean, seriously. Why? Because we have levels of pride. We have levels of pride in our lives. Jonah felt that God had it all wrong, so he was able to correct God. In other words, he had the mentality of, I told you so. Yes. You know somebody like that? I told you so. Amen. He didn't want the Lord to show any compassion to those who had fell short of his expectations. But God disagreed, and he manifested perhaps the greatest lesson that everyone deserves compassion. And following God's word, they can receive it. Amen. Just because you think you know doesn't mean it's time to share. You know, as, as, a, as a pastor, as a leader, sometimes you feel this need. <laughs> sometimes you feel this need. You got to work for everybody. And, no, and that was levels of pride. And, I, and God began to show me, he's like, Israel, just because I gave you something doesn't mean you have to share it. How about you just go home and pray about it? That's all I want you to, because I didn't call you to go share that word to them. I want somebody else to give it to them. But you're so prideful, you, you just blat out everything I give you. Maybe I won't show you anything anymore. Amen? I know, I, know, I know this is hard, guys. I know this is hard. But I'm receiving it too. Because this is something we all fall in. Again, and so sit, and I wanted to tell you today, it's important that we sit back and allow God to do his job. And it seems to always work out when God is in charge. How many believe that? It always works out when God is in charge. Here's my last one. Here's my last one. Number five, talking about yourself a lot. Let that sit in for a second. Talking about yourself a lot. Many of us secretly love it when everything is about us. I was that person. We secretly love it when everything is about us. We listen to someone's story only long enough to interrupt and talk about ourselves. You know, my family's going through right now a whole situation financially, and we're, we're falling apart right now. Oh, really? Well, let me tell you about my family. We're going through. And all they want to do is they just want to share and just have someone listen. But we're so prideful, we want to share our story constantly. That sometimes we get into other people's story we're not even called to. You ever heard that term? 
you know, you're in the Kool-Aid but don't know the flavor. I know I'm showing my age again. What am I saying? Because we want to constantly share our story with somebody. And God says, no, that's not what it's about. I just want you to listen to what they have to say. I was here with my wife many times. I was just like, look, I just want to, here's what I want to do. I'm going to talk to you. And I would warn her, I just want to talk to you right now. And she knows this. And I would say, I just want to share. Just let me share. We'll talk. But just let me get everything out. I'm going to blabber. I'm going to say stuff that make no sense. I just got to get it out of me. I just want you to, I just want somebody to listen. And so that's what God wants us to do. Just listen. Listen. Don't be so quick to talk. Listen to what they have to say. And many times the healing comes from that. Amen. He wants us to be obedient to him. I, I said this before. Your healing, your breakthrough, your victory comes through your, your obedience. To be obedient to God. And many times we become so prideful. We want to constantly talk about ourselves. A society of me. Of me, myself, and I. Our battle is our, is our focus is on the wrong person. For many of us, our focus is to protect number one every day. Our struggles, in our struggles, we, we many times even, we even talk, we even make it about ourselves and we go through our own struggles. Why me? Why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this? How long, God? Here it is. Why? Why? Why, God? Why, God? Why, God? And what we do is we make it about ourselves constantly. I did that for so many years. God, why me? Why me? Why not so-and-so, but why me? Why do I have to go through this? And God constantly began to show me. He's like, Israel, it's because in your struggles, I want you to go bless somebody. I want you to be a blessing to somebody. And I would say, God, I can't be a blessing to such so-and-so or so-and-so because I'm dealing with this situation. Did you not, did you forget that? And he goes, no, I didn't forget that. But it's that situation that I'm going to, I'm going to bring breakthrough. But if you can go bless somebody else. I want you to take the focus off of you and put it to somebody else. Did you know anxiety always makes it about you? Always. There's no other way. Anxiety brings it back to you constantly. Fear brings it back to you constantly. Depression brings it back to you constantly. I'm not saying you're going to walk out of here and be free. But what I'm saying is, is that if we begin to understand that these are the things that we fall into, that pride is some of the things we struggle with, that then God could probably begin a breakthrough in your life. If we understand that's, what, that's the root of it, it's pride. That God wants us to be free from that. When can I get out? When, when, is, when would I get to this breakthrough? Do you know many times in our struggles, it's not always about us. And I had to realize that too. Many times the struggles that I went through in my life wasn't so much about me, but it was about, but it was about the other person who was looking at me, watching me, going through my struggles. And when I got out, they would come to me and say, how did you get out of this? And I would say, this is how. Yeah. And God says, that's one of the reasons why I allowed, <coughs> I allowed it to happen. <clears throat> because I want you to be a blessing to somebody else. We said, God, how long am I going to stay in this? And God says, you know, many times, and I've learned this with God, he says, many times I won't take you out of a situation because it's that situation alone that brings you to me constantly. If I remove that from you, you will walk back into pride. Amen. 
And it's not that God wants us to live a life of, of, of struggles. That's not, that's not his plan for us. But what he's saying is, he's like, this is a process. You got to work with me here. And I'll work with you. And I'll bring you through that. Pride is not something you can just wake up the next day and all of a sudden you're the most humblest person on earth. Pride is going to be a daily process to get through. Because it's going to break you. It's going to break you down for God to bring you right back up. Amen? He's going to break us on a daily basis. Your discomfort is, help, is a helping hand for another person. Because of my selfishness, I didn't, I didn't surrender. And I get this. Because of that, I walked right into a season of fear, anxiety, and depression. That was my prequel. I walked myself right into that because I did not understand pride was leading me there. I made it about myself constantly. And get this, serving the Lord at the, all at the same time. The enemy wants us to live in fear, anxiety, and depression. This mentality will always take, us, take the focus off of God and put it on you. But God wants us to live a, a life of surrender and trust. When we make it about God, our focus is in the right place. So this, today I want to ask you, are you someone who struggles with pride? It's a daily basis for me. If your person struggles with pride, this is for you. God wants to let you know that it is time that we, tr that we begin to take the focus off ourselves. Even in your struggle, God says, don't focus on that. Focus on me. I want to pray for you today. Can we bow our heads? Father, I thank you for your message. I thank you, Lord. There are people here today that I know that are struggling with this and dealing with this, God. And they're asking for help. Holy Spirit, right now, reach them, touch them, be with them. Let them know, God, that you are with them. God, I pray that every day as they wake up, Lord, as you allow them to wake up, Lord, that we will begin to put our focus on you, that we will make you first, first in everything that we do. God, we put you in every area of our lives, in our jobs, in ministry, in finances, and careers, and family. We would make you first. God, help us even in our struggles that when we're struggling, we don't make it about ourselves, Lord, that we would be able to be a blessing to somebody else who's in need. Help us, Holy Spirit. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to pray for those who, who don't know Jesus Christ, who've never given their life to Jesus. If you are here today or you're listening online, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to say this prayer with you. Church, can we all pray together so they don't feel alone? Amen. Say, Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sins and for resurrecting on the third day. I believe he is my Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that today, if you're watching online or you're here today, you prayed that today, you are now part of the body of Christ. You belong to Christ right now. Amen. Yes. Amen. Come on. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> Do not leave here. Uh, we wanted to, we, we would love to talk with you. If you see anybody with a blue shirt, Harvester's blue shirt or a leader or pastor, please reach out to one of them so we can talk to you. And, and, and have a conversation with you and, and meet you also and hopefully get to give you some information. Amen.
So we're going to, before we leave, we're going to pray. Father, we thank you once again for your word. I pray, God, give everyone traveling mercies. Lord, they have a great day today, Lord, with their families and their friends, and a safe day. We thank you for this, Lord, and I pray for Harvest Palooza, Lord, that it be a great event. We pray for souls to be saved, chains to be broken. God, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, we say amen. God bless you. Take care, guys.